Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Turn me down just a little bit. We thank you this morning, God, for the anointing, because the anointing breaks every yoke. We thank you, God, that the anointing is you. It's it's you. It's your presence. You are the anointed one. And I'm asking today, God, that you come and bless your word. You bless our time together and prepare us, God, for the season of increase. God, we can't increase into anything. We can't come out of anything and go into anything new. We can't do anything without you, so we need your anointing. God, come and increase your anointing this morning in the name of Jesus. So, a little bit of a review. A couple weeks ago, I, I felt like God wanted uh, was speaking to me that there is going to come an increase, right? And this increase has to come with an anointing, right? You, you can't do anything without him, right? You can't do anything without him, so we need him. When it talks about Jesus Christ coming and, and the spirit of Christ coming, we're talking about, we're talking about um, um, Jesus and even the word Christ being or meaning anointing, right? In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, listen, you have to go and wait until you get power to become my witnesses, right? To become my witnesses. There's a power or an anointing. So when I say anointing, I'm talking about Jesus because he's the anointed one. He is the anointing. When I'm talking about the anointing, I'm talking about power or presence or glory, the word uh, anointing means to smear. It means to rub. It means to have a holy office conferred. Or that something comes on you and gives you the ability to do something that you could not do before. Amen. That's what the anointing is. And that's what the anointing does. And then we talked about, right, and I, I, I at length, I preached on this again Friday night. But I, I still feel it in my spirit like I need to say it again. You know, sometimes I repeat myself on purpose because you didn't hear me the first time or the second time or the third time and sometimes just because you heard me didn't mean you were listening and maybe you you did hear me and maybe you were listening but you didn't understand or you understood at a certain level and so God repeats himself through the anointing through his servants because sometimes we need to get a deeper revelation Right? It has to soak down into us. Amen? So I was uh, talking about when the anointing comes and when God comes, what happens. In that, I said this, we need the anointing, right? Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me you can do nothing. Right? Zechariah 4, 6, it says it this way. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's by my spirit that things get done. If we're going to increase and come into the season of increase, it's not going to be accidental. It's going to be because there's an anointing. And this morning, I'm going to preach on God's anointing is intentional. God intends to increase you. God intends for you to multiply. It's intentional. He's doing it on purpose. He has a plan. 
It's not like things happen by accident or God has a secondary thought or God just, you know, lets things happen and works through circumstances. No, God has a strategic plan and he intends through his anointing to cause you to become what he said you would be before time began. That's called destiny. That's called purpose. That's called a vision. But we can't accomplish or come into the fullness of a vision, a destiny, or a purpose without the anointing of God. We hear that word so much, anointing, anointing, anointing. And what we think it means is to go forward and have somebody who's prayed and fasted and gone through something who has an anointing put a little dot of oil on our head and we get that anointing. Come on. No, there's an anointing that comes as Jesus comes inside of us and fills us up because Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one, Jesus, you know, Yeshua HaMashiach, Messiah means anointed or anointing. John said, I knew he was the one. I knew he was the Messiah or the Christ because the Father had told me when I see the anointing come down on a man and it remains or rests on him, it envelops him and it doesn't come and go, come and go, come and go. It stays on him and, and he becomes the anointing. That's the one who's going to be the Messiah. Amen. Right? Jesus, the anointing. Jesus, the anointed one. When Jesus comes inside of us, that same anointing that Jesus had that raised him up from the dead is at work inside of us. That's what Paul says. I cannot go forward. I can't cross through the gate. I cannot enter in. I can't do anything unless God comes on me and anoints me to do it. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sin. You can't even receive Jesus unless Holy Spirit comes and pours himself out onto you and draws you to himself. No one can say Jesus is Lord without Holy Spirit. Why are you talking this way, Lisa? Let me give you a prophetic word this morning. We are entering a season of increase. How do you know, Lisa? Because the Bible says there are signs and seasons. The Bible says about the tribe of Iskar, they understood what time it was. In August, we saw the, the, the eclipse, right? The Bible says in Genesis that God gave the sun, the moon, and the stars for signs... That means, hello, there's your sign. This is your exit. Get off or get in here, right? Enter here. That's what a sign is for. For Moadim or seasons to know that this is the season that God's going to do that. And for days and for years. So when the sun, moon, and stars are telling a story, we have to pay attention. I know everybody's saying, oh, destruction and judgment. And there are some judgments that are being released in our country. Praise God. Before the floods in Texas, everybody was fighting and we were on the verge of civil war. You know what David says in Psalm 19, when your judgment's in the earth, then we, know, we learn about you, God. And now all of a sudden people are thinking we should be more loving. It doesn't matter what color we are. It doesn't matter what country we come from. We, we got to help one another. And people are more tender and crying out to God. And they're, and, and, and they're allowing God to show love for them. Amen? That doesn't mean that we want people to die or we want bad things to happen. But we want an increase of God's government. In Isaiah chapter 9, it says that God, the government will be on his shoulders. And it will never end. It will increase. 
We're looking at our government in the United States and we're all worried about the government of our nation. But you know what? It's never been the, the, the senators and the Republicans or the Democrats or the president that was running this nation. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Jesus Christ was running this nation. He created this land for his own purpose, that this would be a missionary sending, gospel sending, loving nation that would support other nations around the world and become the friend of Israel. Right? You know whose government is over this land? God's government. The earth is the Lord's, the world and they that dwell therein. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture and he is our God. Amen? So when we're talking about government, God's government is increasing. And there's about to be a sudden increase that you cannot even imagine. See, you didn't remember back in 97 or 2000 or 2003 or 2007 that there were time gates and portals that were opening and we just lived our lives and went right through those portals as God was increasing what he was doing in the nations as God was releasing his power and his anointing in the church but you know what we're about to head into another one because the eclipse was a warning that said hey I'm going to stretch out a measuring line from the west of this nation to the east and I'm going to measure out this nation I'm going to see Who really wants me? Who's going to make room for me because I want to increase? See, I thought you were talking about the anointing. I am. Why do we need this anointing? Because we're increasing. We can't increase without the anointing. And come September, as we enter into a new year, right? Because God's on a different calendar than, than January to December. God goes from September to September. As we enter into September and there's a fullness in the heavens, listen to me. I know I sound like a crazy person and I hate standing up here talking like a crazy person, but I can't help it, right? I cannot help it. I must tell you and I must speak when God is speaking. In September, on, on, on the 21st, we will blow the trumpet and it will be a symbol that what was old is now gone away and what is new is upon us. As the breath of God comes through the trumpet, the, the idea is this. Whatever I did in 2016, right, or the year 5777, I have to let that go. I can never go back there, and I don't want that to hold me back here. So I allow the breath of God to blow like a trumpet, and that breath blows off everything off the past out of me, and then it blows me forward as I move through this gate and step in to the new year and the new season. Only this is not just a new year. This is a whole new dimension of God's kingdom government in the earth. As the breath of God blows the dust and the memories or my failures or betrayal or losses. And believe me, I've had all of those to the 10th power last year. But God said to me, I want you to turn. I want you to turn and I want you to face the sun and the wind. And I want you to step into the new. Leave it behind. And you need to do that too. You cannot enter in this new season if you're back here and one foot's back here and one foot won't go over here. You can't do that. The wind has to blow that off and it has to blow you into there. So on, on September the 21st, as the trumpet sounds, you need to make a conscious decision. Whatever you need to set in order to release or get rid of and, and to put it between you and God and say, God, it's done. 
It's done. I can't change it. I don't like what you did. I don't like what happened to me. I, I don't like the failures. I don't like the losses. I'm going to put it behind me. You, you've got this 40-day period to settle these issues. Are you hearing me? Yes. Are you hearing me, prophets? You can't use your emotional uh, way that you think and yet you're wired to stay in the past. God's not going to allow it. Let the trumpet come, and it's a day of deliverance to put things behind you and step into the new. Come September 22nd and 23rd, in the heavens, for the first time ever in the history that we know of, that we've been studying the stars and studying the Word of God for years, thousands of years, there's going to be a sign in the heavens that the Bible prophesied in Revelation chapter 12. It says, and a sign will be in the heavens. There will be a woman clothed with the sun, and there will be 12 stars that crown her head, and her foot will be on the moon. And then God begins to talk about this warring between two governments, the dragon, which is the devil, the antichrist structure, and the kingdom of God, right? Israel and the Christians, right? Because the, the woman who gives birth to the child, that's Israel, and, and also the other children, and it says that name the testimony of Jesus. What are you saying, Lisa? Is it the end of the world? No. It's an increase of God's government. So all, every year when these signs would align, there's only been nine stars in the constellation that represents the lion of the tribe of Judah or the kingdom of God. And every time this lion constellation would come over this woman, which represents Israel and the church, right? There's only been nine stars in that constellation until this September when three planets will come into that sign. And for the first time ever, there will be 12 stars that crown the woman and the child. This is what the Lord said to me. I don't care about all the other garbage. I don't care about that. This is what I know. God's government is increasing. There's going to be an increase. Increase of what? I'm not sure. And anybody who thinks they do, I don't think they're telling the truth. There's an increase. An increase of what? God's government. How do I know? Because there's a sign. And he told us in Revelation 12, which is the book about revealing Jesus to us. A book that was not to be sealed up and that we were to read if we wanted to love Jesus and know about him. There's an increase. If there's an increase, what does that mean? The one thing I know is that that means there must be an anointing that is released on me to help me line up with God and to increase because God's increasing, right? You say, whoa. So I'm preaching about the anointing. It's not just so you feel good. It's not so you have a bunch of Bible verses to write down. No, I'm talking about getting yourself ready for this transition, this increase, so you don't miss it. So two weeks ago, I talked about when we have the anointing or need the anointing, often it is blocked because of a spirit of poverty or a mindset of poverty. Poverty is the opposite of the anointing. You can't be operating in both at the same time because this spirit will war against this spirit. When God's anointing comes, it gives me the power to do something that I could not do without him, which is like everything. Over here, a spirit of poverty, whether it's a mindset or an attitude or a tradition or a custom or a demon or all of that, this spirit of poverty will cause me to have an attitude or a perception or to resist the anointing. And it will cut me off from the anointing that I need to empower me and help me step into the new to become something that I was powerless to become or do without the anointing or without God's presence. 
So how do I know if I have a poverty mindset? Let me list a couple of characteristics again because many of you weren't even here. If I have a spirit of poverty, what, is, what do you mean, Lisa? Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what you mean. Why, why, why would you say I have a spirit of poverty? Why do I need the anointing? Well, one of the things is before Jesus did any miracles, he had to be anointed. We see in the Bible that Jesus didn't do anything. There were no miracles. He didn't preach. He didn't raise the dead. He didn't cast out demons, nothing. Until he went to the Jordan where he got baptized. And the Spirit of God came on him like a dove. And when the Spirit of God came on him like a dove, the Bible says that after that he came back across the river anointed with a spirit, an anointing of power. Amen? An anointing of power. So when we have a spirit of poverty, we're not going to move in power. We're not going to move with the anointing. We're going to resist it. How do I know if I have a spirit of poverty? One of the things is I will uh, hold back from God, right? I will have a sense of lack. So, you know, and this is review for those that were here Friday night. But if I have a spirit of poverty or a mindset of poverty, it's I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything. I will sense a lack in everything. I will feel unloved. I will feel unblessed. I'll feel like God doesn't listen to me. I, I will look at other people and say, well, th- they're different than me. They don't love me. They won't help me. And I start out with an attitude of nothingness or lack or shame or rejection. And that causes me not to even tap in or ask God to bless me. If I have it, I will uh, have a problem with self-image. It will control the way that I think or see circumstances or even judge reality. Every time God allows me to go through hardship, instead of seeing it as an opportunity to grow in God, to bring God glory through my sufferings, or that God is wanting my attention, or that God wants me to grow in faith or knowledge of Him, instead I will be angry at God and I will separate myself from God and say, you know what, God? God doesn't love me. God is not listening to me. That's a spirit of poverty. It is the opposite of the anointing. The anointing says, God, everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to you. I am your bondservant of love. May it be unto me as you have said. Like when an angel tells a young girl, hey, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to be persecuted because you're going to have a baby and, and, people, and you're going to be a virgin and you're going to give birth to the Messiah. She didn't say, oh God, you don't love me. Why would you put this on me? Why do you want me to go through hardship? Why do you want to separate me from my family? You know, maybe my, all that. No, she said, Lord, may it be unto me as you have said because she did not have a spirit of poverty she understood the presence and the anointing of God and immediately the spirit of the Lord comes upon her and wraps himself around her the Bible says it this way it overshadowed her and she begins to speak the word of the Lord and prophesy and later give birth to the anointing which was called Jesus Right? We have to come into agreement with the anointing. If we're going to increase, listen, I don't care how anointed you've been in the past, and I don't care what you've seen or done. I've seen amazing things of God. Amazing. If I were to tell you, it would take all day, and you could not handle it. 
But God has let me know what I have seen or heard about God is nothing compared to what God wants to do in this next season of increase. Not because of me, not because of you, but because God's government is increasing and God wants to release himself onto the earth. And there are people crying out and they're hungry for the Lord. So God's going to come and make you uncomfortable. He's going to take some oil and rub it all over you and soak himself down inside of you because there are people that are crying out for God. It's never, ever about us. It's about the kingdom. I know because I just came from a land where thousands of people are crying out for God and the hunger in the natural and in the spirit. Maybe God needs to let us become hungry in the natural so we will become hungry in the spirit. Because in America we're fat and we're not hungry at all. And yet we're starving spiritually and we need the anointing. When I have a spirit of poverty, I will feel like I'm less. I will become an overachiever or an underachiever. I have to prove to myself or prove to other people that I'm that I really am somebody instead of just allowing the anointing of God to flow through me. I will become an underachiever too because I will be like, well, God won't show up. He never does. Good things never happen to me. Something bad is always going to happen. You know, I can't trust God. I can't trust her. I can't trust him. And so we won't even try. These things happen and they block and create a wall between me and the anointing. Because without the anointing, I can do nothing. And so the enemy comes and sits on your shoulder and says, don't pray. It won't matter. God doesn't love you. Remember, God did this and God didn't do that. Why, why do you want to trust in God anyway? It's too hard. Let's just give up and do whatever we want. And we cut ourselves off from the anointing, which is the only supply line to strength and provision and causes us to be able to do what we could not do without the anointing. If I have a spirit of poverty, it will also cause me. It will be difficult for me to give. It will be difficult for me to love. It will be difficult for me to give compliments or have friendships or give money. I always feel like I'm not strong enough, not smart enough. They'll betray me. Like the wicked servant, I will bury my talent in the ground because I have a misunderstanding of God the Father. Remember the parable of the talents where one guy had 10, one had 5, and one had 1? The other two guys, they risk it all and they multiply. But the other guy, he hides his talent in the ground. And Jesus says, you know what? This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's telling us, hey, you want to know how I operate? You want to know what my government's like? You want to know how my anointing flows? Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you this little parable. And I will demonstrate to you what I think about my anointing and what my anointing is supposed to do in your life. So these other guys multiply. But the one guy says, Master, I knew that you were a hard man and I was afraid. So I hid mine in the ground. As though God would be pleased because we didn't lose. If we didn't lose, then it's okay. If I don't increase, then it's okay. If I just survive, it's okay. And God says to him, listen, you're wicked. I gave you my anointing. I poured myself into you and I expected a return of some kind. You don't know me at all. And when we have this, this, this attitude, there's a three-chord strand that's holding us captive because he, he was religious. I thought you were very hard, and I had to earn it, and I was afraid. I was afraid I wouldn't measure up. Looking at himself instead of looking at God. You know what? If you keep looking at yourself, 
That's a spirit of poverty. When you look at God and trust in his anointing, that's an anointing. He said, I, I thought you were hard. That's a spirit of religion. I, I, I was afraid. That's a spirit of fear. And I hid my talent. That, and that's a spirit of poverty. I don't want to lose it. I want to hold on to it. When I have a spirit of poverty, I will hoard and, and, and I will hide myself and my resources. I will erect walls and fortresses against you and everybody else because I, I, I'm being cut off from the anointing. And it's a trick of the enemy. When I have a spirit of poverty, maybe I need something from the anointing. But what will happen is, somebody over here, let's say you suck at finances. And this person's good at finances. They're anointed by God. They have a talent. They have a revelation of how finances operate in the kingdom. But you know what? Instead of saying, wow, that person's anointed. I need that anointing. Can you share with me how that anointing flows? Can you teach me how to tap into that, what God's doing? Instead, I'll be like, who does she think she is? She thinks she's better than me. You know, I've worked 10 times harder than her. Why am I not blessed like her? And I'll begin to mutter, which is a form of witchcraft and rebellion and I will erect a wall between me and the very anointing that I need to prosper maybe it's about purity maybe someone else has an anointing and they're walking in an overcoming power against pornography or sexual immorality but over here I'm afraid if people knew that I was struggling they wouldn't love me they wouldn't help me they would know that I was weak and I will erect a wall from the very anointing that I need to empower me and cause me to prosper and overcome. God forbid. God forbid. Jesus came as the anointing and he died and opened a door so you could step out of this old mindset of religion, fear, and poverty and step into the anointing and the anointed one. Jesus says, I'm the door. Door to what? Everything. The anointing, his presence, his power, his glory. If we are to step through this door and enter the year 5778, eight being the number of the gate, entering into this increase of God's government, how can I do it? I need the anointing. Will God give it to me? Absolutely, if I ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. It also says this, right? It says, how, if I'm a father and you ask me for more of my spirit, would I not give it to you? Good fathers, even when their children ask for bread, they don't give them a stone. When a good father and his child ask him for a fish, he doesn't give him a snake. How much more will your father in heaven, when you ask him for more of his spirit, when you ask him for more of his anointing, will he not give it? Yes. How much more, he says. How much more? And maybe you can't trust God the Father because you can never trust your earthly father. But you know what? We have to allow that trumpet to blow me out. Get me away from my past and step into this. You can stay back here and wander around in the wilderness till you die. Or you can cross on over and enter into this anointing and a season of increase. To choice. To choice. You must. You must. God's government, it's not like a talent that's in the ground and we just hold it out or defend. Are you kidding me? His government will never end. It is always increasing. You should always be increasing in what? Peace, love, gentleness, kindness, power, presence, glory, anointing, authority. 
It's not enough to be living off of what God gave you a year ago or 10 years ago. Come on. God says, you know what? Listen, the kingdom of heaven is like this. I gave you a talent. What did you do with it? At least if you put it in the bank or brought it to the church, something would have happened. I would have got some interest. Somebody would have accidentally got anointed because you just stood in the room. I would have gotten something, but you didn't even do that. You hid in a cave and in the dirt. And now, you know what? I'm angry. I'm going to take it and I'm going to give it to somebody that will do something with it. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. So at least you're all worked up. You have no idea. (laughs) I'm trying to be calm. When I have a spirit of poverty, I will erect walls. I will mistrust people. I will criticize people. And I will have an addiction to numb the pain. Because a spirit of poverty is all about feeling lost, empty, lonely, nothing, having nothing, no power. And I have to have something to numb the pain. So I will use food. I will use movies. I will use significance. I will use relationships. I will use immorality. I'll use Facebook. And I will use all these things to numb the pain. But really what I need is I need the anointing. Because Isaiah 10, 27 says this, the anointing, it breaks every yoke. Jesus said, I came so you would have life and you would have it to the fullest or abundantly. That means an increase. It means my life every day, I should be living fuller, better, stronger, more. The anointing. The anointing, right? And, you know, I could go through and I have it in the handout about how, how the anointing, you know, when we get anointed with oil or, or uh, how Jesus was anointed or how Jesus anointed the disciples and how Paul walked in the anointing. But this morning, this is my message. Very quickly, God's anointing is intentional. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.